Hello friends, before we get into this week's episode, one spoiler alert, we gave Chris and Liam quite possibly the worst introduction in Passing Dimes history, so we'd like to make one small edit before we start. Liam Kopp has already represented Canada 18 times in his young career, which includes U19 World Championships and FISU Games. He's an OVA Provincial Champion at the Adult Elite level, and he won the Jason Senechola Memorial Award from the Ontario Volleyball Association. Chris Tao is a CIS National Champion with the University of Alberta. He's currently playing for the University of Toronto. He's represented Canada three times on the beach, twice at U21 World Championships, and this year he was the first overall pick into the One Volleyball League here in Toronto. You can judge for yourself on how bad our intros were, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to Passing Dimes Dallas. Welcome back, we snuck out some bonus episodes and the fans haven't heard your voice in a while. No, it's been a nice break for the fans, but I'm back. <laughs> and no, I haven't died. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed, not dead. Not dead. Well, this week we, we changed it up a little bit. Not only do we have one guest, we have two guests. This, you know what? We're going with the strong performance of Roland Bouchard and we thought, why not continue this trend of two guests by bringing out other two guests. Every time we have a guest, I think they're allowed to bring a friend. That tends to be what's happening right now. And then they'll bring a friend. And then we have a panel, and then we're like a real oh, show. And then we'll have <laughs> pamphlets and topics to discuss. <laughs> well, without further ado, our two guests were training today with the Beach National Team. The full-time Beach National Team. So they both represented Canada internationally. They both represented Canada domestically. We're losing momentum already. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the resumes as we go, but uh, please welcome to the show, first of all, Liam Cobb, a current member of the Beach National Team, and Chris Tao, who is a current member of the University of Toronto. He's played at the University of Alberta, and I, I think we'll see him on the beach again. I think we'll see him internationally any, any day now. I, I have a good feeling about this, so welcome to the show, Chris Tao. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming on the show. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Full disclosure, Anna was the guest and Roland was the throw-in. Right now, I don't know who the throw-in is. We just have two stud guests. To be honest with you, I feel a bit of the, the throw-in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been here for two episodes, and now you got all these people. And, you know, I don't know how, how many people the studio can hold, but it, uh, I feel a lot of eyeballs on me right now. It's good, though. It's good. So let, let's cover it. Uh, Liam, how's your season going? Where are you in your season right now? You have a Quebec tournament this weekend. You have Van Open coming up. Like, busy guy. Yeah, you you nailed it right there. Busy guy. <laughs> Busy guy. And I can still make time for the quality podcast, Passing Dimes. Right. Josh Nichols' podcast, featuring <laughs> Dallas Keith. <laughs> Occasion, occasionally. Occasionally. Occasional, occasional guest, Dallas Keith. Um, so, m my partner and I, Gabriel Berlaku, have been playing a few international tournaments. We've been to Sydney... We've played a couple of Norseka. Oh, Norseka stories is another even topic to get into. I don't know. I'll have to get into Norseka story. But a couple of Norsekas, and I'm playing a domestic event in Montreal this weekend. That's the third in France. year in France. Yeah. Also, <laughs> some people call it France. Yeah. That I will not name. That I disagree with because France is in Europe. Um, <laughs> but so you said. <laughs> so you said. And yeah, this weekend I'm teaming up with uh, Pam Games player Mike Plantinga, so that should be interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Fun breaking story here. Breaking, yeah. breaking news. <laughs> yeah, Liam just gets around with everybody. Yep, that's me. So uh, that means Aaron and Gabe are playing together? That'll be fun. 
Good, and uh, is it true you will not play in a country quota in Edmonton anymore? You're in the qualifier now? Yes, so the three-star in Edmonton coming up in a couple weeks. Um, all the Canadian teams, all eight Canadian teams that were scheduled to maybe be on the reserve or country quota now are directly into the qualifiers, so we will not have to play a Canadian team to get, to in. get into the tournament. So is either. that is that true on the women's side as well, or is that just the men's side? I believe it's the women's side as well. I haven't checked, can't confirm, but... The Pass and Dimes, another breaking, <laughs> breaking story. story. Another yeah. breaking story. First awesome. we dropped a Pan Am bomb, now we're dropping Country Quota, whether we plan, whether or not. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we beat out TSN to announce your retirement. That was yeah. a hot story. <laughs> well, it kind of got quick, it got lost in the shuffle of Gronkowski, McGregor, <laughs> Keith, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, Dirk. Uh, yeah, it was, it was busy. Yeah, and Chris, uh, you've been busy this summer. Fans of the One Volleyball League, I'm, I'm sure, have seen you guys. First place team clinched first place. Number one draft pick. <laughs> Number one. one. Draft. Uh, and you're in the presence of a one volleyball superstar, actually. <laughs> Chris, confirm it or not, you're the Anthony Bennett of the one volleyball. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> biggest draft bust. <laughs> He's not. Oh, I like to I consider mean... you the Greg Odin of indoor volleyball. Like <laughs> us. Um, but what brought me back to the beach was uh, <laughs> one volleyball out tonight or no? Well, that was recorded here. Or deny. <laughs> not really sure what day it is. Uh, but you did win the bronze medal at the OBA Grand Slam, which brought you back to the beach this summer. That was your first tournament this summer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yes. second tournament. I played in the Norseka Trials. Yes, was, that's right. Thank you. Surrogate. Yeah. No, it, it feels great to be back on the beach, taking a couple years off, just coaching and watching these guys train. It's like, you know, you get that itch to want to keep getting back into it and keep playing. And to have a chance to be healthy and play again. It felt great, you know, trained a couple times, got in the tournament with Sergey, and played a few good matches, found ourselves in the bronze, and took home the third place big check, so that was... Big check. Big check, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they mean that literally, not uh, metaphorically. It was a big check that they gave. Physically yeah, big take check. A physically big check, not monetarily big. It's like, it's it's like, like, uh, it's like Happy Gilmore, he just keeps them all in his car. Monetarily <laughs> okay. How much was it? You, how much was it, Chris? thousand dollars. Yeah. Each? No, split, but still, that's pretty good. You don't get handed two big checks, Dallas. That's that's a little extra. Okay. Well, I've been out of the game for a while now. <laughs> Back when I played, you used to get two big checks. Yeah. yeah. Well, people did. It wasn't really Somebody, big. <laughs> Somebody got the winner. The winners. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of bonds that bring you guys together. You're both engineering students. Well, Liam, I think you graduated actually. So congratulations yeah, on that. Last year, I graduated. And Chris has got one year to go. But the other thing that brings you together is you guys kind of grew up in the same generation, right? Like between you, Sergey, Jake, Gabe. Like there's a big core of yeah, you guys yeah. who grew up in the Ontario ranks that are now competing on the national team. Did you guys know around 16, 17, 18 that you're looking around being like, yeah, this is the crew that's going to represent Canada someday? Or were you just kind of rivalries with each other? Um, at the time, I think, you know, we saw the national team and they were still a step above and we would watch them and, you know, kind of hope to be like that. But at the same time, in terms of a young core group, it was us. It was, you know, myself, Liam, Sergey, Gabe, uh, Greg, Simone, Jake, Will Hoey, Jake, was around Will Jake. Hoey. And that was a pretty solid group in terms of Team Ontario, and you know we were competitive within each other. And whenever we got the opportunity to go to an Orsica Trials or an event like that, we were competitive with these older guys. And and I'm not on the national team currently, but you know guys like Liam and these other guys are competing with them, beating them, and you know everyone's just one team now. So 
Yeah, it's been a long time competing. Like, we've all played each other many times, played with each other, almost everyone. So it's been a long time. I guess everyone's mostly played with each other. Well, Chris and Gabe. This is a PG <laughs> podcast, mind you. <laughs> so, I guess I, I never played with Gabe other than that. I played with you know, Sergey, Liam, Jake. I played with Jake. Ontario Summer Games. Let's get some Jake McNeil stories because his episode's still quite popular. He was our first official guest if you don't include Dallas announcing his retirement. So what can you tell us about friend of the show, Jake McNeil? Just a ball of energy, right? Like when oh, did you yeah. guys play with him? You were at Ontario Summer Games, so you guys were quite young, right? Yeah, so that was one of the beginning one. That was a that was a young Liam playing with Jake McNeil. So you really launched his career, is yeah, what you're saying? I, yeah. started, I <laughs> had a big effect on Liam's like an incubator for I'm an incubator. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to call you that on the court now. Liam the Incubator Cop. Also a policeman. Also um, Robin. <laughs> also Aaron Cordage. Um, variety of basketball players. Um, yeah, so you guys were what age is that? 16 when you played with Jake? Yeah, I think I was... It might have been earlier, 15 and 14. But yeah, that was, that was when Jake was due... Well, we were both relatively new to the game, but that was a whole different, that was a beginning taste of what was to come. Yeah. And But Chris actually played with Jake for a full season, so I'm sure he I has think two, more. two full seasons. So Jake and I played, like, him and I kind of shared, well, him and Sergey shared me for a year, because I went to Worlds with both of them. Nice. So we kind of split time, like half and half. And unfortunately that year, Jake and I lost in the qualifier of U19s, but the summer we played fully together, we actually got to go to... Uh, U21 Worlds in, in Switzerland, in Lucerne, and uh, it's a bit of a you know, sad story and disappointment, something that we still hold on to, is that uh, it's a pretty funny story. We're in Lucerne, you know, two days before the main draw, and we're walking down the boardwalk towards the courts, and there's like a lake in the middle, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's all these signs along the lake that in German have writing, but we have no idea what they say. Jake's back. It's really weird that there's German in writing in a Swiss lake, you would have thought it would be in Swiss or Swiss French, German. Swiss or, German. I don't know. I think they speak, is, German, don't they speak like Italian. a Swiss German? Like a They're German. like a variable of languages. Why can't they speak English? Yeah, Jake's bouncing this ball and he, he drops it in the water. So, you know, he just he dives in the water, like, takes a shirt off and goes and gets it. But as soon as he got in the water, a crowd of like 80 people are surrounding us and freaking out. And they're looking at Jake like he's like absolutely lost his mind. He's just you know swimming up to get the ball and bring it back. And he you know comes back in, tosses me the ball, and we're on our way. We have no idea why these people are freaking out. Little do we know the lake's infested with some like major swan bird disease. And the two of us just got like violently sick and you know lost like ten pounds each. Oh my god! Like like day like a day before the main draw. So the main draw starts, eight degrees pouring rain. We're just so so sick. And we still make it out of our pool somehow, but barely. And then, as it turns out, that like the, the draw for the playoffs had Mullen, Sorum, Stoyanovsky, Yarzukin, like George from Brazil, all on the other side. So we're just thinking, like, how is this happening? Like, perfect, you know, lineup to the playoffs. We're just so sick, and we couldn't even like string together three sick, points. Physically sick. Yes, physically, physically. <laughs> not like gnarly sick. <laughs> I wish it was the Jay's nice was kind of sick, sick, but yeah, we just could not even like play two points, call a timeout, and that was that was it for us. So. You know, a bit of a missed opportunity there, but yeah, that's... Uh, but I think the team you lost to is actually FIVB main draw team still. 
the, the Finland team? Yeah, like, at the good. time they weren't great, but they're doing well now. Is it the same too? Nerman and Sea Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're actually a good, they're seated high at Edmonton, I think. They're named after Nice. Guys. So our joke is we've got the swan flu now. Well, that beats your travel stories with Jake Dell. Like, you had a couple good ones when no, you guys no, in Australia. No. Yeah, my favorite story about Jake actually doesn't involve me being there, but we had. <laughs> he, he told me that when he was in Thailand with your partner, Gabe Berlaku, that the Aussie guys were sort of giving Gabe a bit of a hard time. And I was just curious, as, like, did any of that sort of manifest itself when you guys were there in the uh, Sydney this year, like were any of them sort of giving them the business or giving them the gears? Yeah, uh, not while I was watching. So maybe it happened <laughs> in the background. <laughs> but uh, I like I bonded with the Australian guys pretty well. So Jake would tell me stories about like they'd be in Thailand and they'd be hanging out, and one of the guys like they all be in the same room. And someone would go like, "Hey, Gabe, you want to get me a beer?" And Gabe would be like, no, I'm not going to get you a beer. And then That's the Gabe voice? Yeah, it's the Gabe voice. <laughs> so the room would be like, oh, surely Dad would have gotten you a beer. And then they go, oh, yeah, Dad would have gotten me a beer for sure. <laughs> so they would do that for everything. They'd be like, hey, Gabe, go get me a sandwich. She'd be like, no, I'm not going to get you a sandwich. She'd be like, oh, Dad would have surely gotten me a sandwich. <laughs> surely. Surely Dad would And then someone would chime in, oh, of course Dad would get me a sandwich. <laughs> That's that where Jake got that? Surely? Surely? Yeah. Oh, Jake likes to pick up things of people that he has little man crushes on, so... <laughs> surely there's Any... a man crush on the Aussie guy. Yeah. Surely. surely there's a man crush. <laughs> Give your head a shake. Give your head a shake. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. So that, that covers Jake. Let's see. Some... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really... Like, it's a I think you're picking on my guy now. It's a snapshot yeah. of Jake. I think Jake McNeilis is on podcast. I did listen to, to Jake's Jake. intro, and he got a way better intro. Yeah, than we, we, we got to. Uh, we were really I guess these guys. <laughs> yeah. Should have mentioned all the youth worlds and all the tournaments yeah. they've been to. I can re-edit that. We can... we, yeah, we, we, we have, have the power. Champions. We have the power. Championships. Provincial champion. Provincial champion. Liam. HD provincial champions. You're no, uh, you're you sports. You guys won in Alberta your first year, right? Yeah, we got the national CIS champion. back then. CIS. Oh, we missed some. I missed yeah, so much. CIS right? champion. No, yeah, I did. You know, I was on the bench at the time because you have a team with Rally, still counts. Rally Barnes, Nick Warwalk. <laughs> but yeah, it still counts. Got a couple couple medals to be a part of, so that was cool. My so, fi- oh, go ahead. No, Nick LeBlanc has an OUA championship. Shout out, friend of the show, Nick LeBlanc. Counts. Don't lose still that jacket counts. or hat or whatever you get. <laughs> Uh, let's touch on that for our indoor fans, Chris. You played for two now Hall of Famers, right? Because Terry and John are now in the yeah, Hall yeah. Hall Actually, of Fame. you know, good friends and teammates back on the '84 '84 Olympic team. Yeah, when they came forward. Nice. So, what can you tell us about University of Alberta? How did Terry do that for so many years? Man, this yeah, Terry is a very special coach in the fact that he makes volleyball his entire life. So him and his wife Lori, they don't have any kids, and the U of A program, that's that's it for them. Like. Every night, every morning, all day long, it's all Terry's thinking about. He doesn't teach other classes. He's just like volleyball all day. And it's not just Terry. They have a supporting cast of Dale Johns and Brock as well. And having that core of guys, it's like whenever you know you can text them, hey, I want to get passing reps. There's a gym at ADM, like any time for you. Hey, you know, I want to work on this. I want to watch some video. There's a coach to sit you down and do these things with you. But it's also a pretty demanding experience because unlike other teams, it's almost like a full-time job, uh, you know, it's at least three hours of practice every day because we'll come early for passing laps, 
have the full practice, and then sometimes in the mornings you'll have extra passing or setting reps, that kind of thing. But yeah, you know, playing for Terry, he's a special coach in the fact that never once had to raise his voice, never once had to punish any of the guys. It's just, you know, he respects you, respect him, and big, good things happen. You know, as, you know his resume speaks for itself, multiple, multiple championships. So you have that sort of regime setting to you. Is that something you had to bring to the table when you transferred to UT? Or was that sort of, like, how do the foundations differ between what you had in Alberta and what you now have at, at Toronto? What do you mean by foundations? Like, how is the sort of, the standard that Terry set in Alberta, how does that compare to the standard that is in UT? In terms of, do you feel as though that you have to come in and sort of set the bar with the guys, or is there there's sort of, there's procedures already in place? Uh, well, I, you, now you come in as more of a leadership. Yeah, the, yeah you know, so, you, so being in Alberta, you know, I was the young guy with great players, like I said, like the Brett Walshes, the Riley Barnes, the Nick Force. And I'm more of a student, just learning, like watching these guys every day, watching how they act as leaders on the team. And as much as I can, you know, again, like, I love my team in Toronto and everyone's equal, but I try to have a bit more experience, even though I wasn't necessarily on the court. Seeing a team every day, practicing a team every day that's at that level and at that cohesiveness is something that I try to you know, show by example whenever I can and talk to the guys about because we had a really good season this year and I think this coming year is a big opportunity for UFT to win a OEA championship and it's been quite some time. I think the last one they won was with Vinstock. That sounds right, <laughs> actually. Yeah, without doing any fact checking, I think that was the era. Yeah. Yeah. Let me consult our intern at Passing Dimes. And... <laughs> yeah, no, it's confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. Jim? <laughs> yeah. No, good. Thanks for sharing that, Chris, because I noticed, uh, I knew Terry was kind of special when he showed up on the boardwalk at the OVA Grand Slam and just, Eric Matson lit up like a Christmas tree as soon as he saw him, right? And that's a guy oh, he probably yeah. doesn't see very often, but you guys had a nice chat with him and his wife on the boardwalk. There's obviously a, a great connection that you guys have, be, probably because of all the hours you guys have spent together. Yeah, yeah. It's out there. It's not just a team. It's 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 a family, and the, the relationships you make uh, out there with him, with the other guys, they, they last a lifetime. So seeing him... I had no idea he'd, he'd be there, you know, and I hear, Christo, and I turn around to Terry Dennell, like in Toronto, on the, by the beach of, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, so that's, that was a cool experience getting to see him, because it's been a while since I've uh, got to see any of those guys, but yeah, for sure. I like that in Alberta, you go first name, last name, where he goes, Christo, Terry Dennell, <laughs> okay, Josh Nichol. Hey. hey. Do you just want to be called Dallas Keith? Is that like a... I don't know, <laughs> I think that's a very... You get Dallas Keith Dallas a lot, Keith. like. It's not just Dallas all the time. I don't, there's not a lot of other Dallas. <laughs> well, there's Sunius, but... There's Dirty Dallas. There's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that more often than I want. Uh, one thing I wanted to circle back to, just when you mentioned some names you played against the Youth Worlds, and Liam, this is for you. Do you remember any of the names you played against? Because it looks like if you actually trace it back, Youth Worlds is a big launching pad for a lot of the international teams where they the same names keep coming up and up, and especially the European countries seem to develop really well that they're almost World Tour ready when they're at Youth Worlds. Yeah, that's a good point. Like you'll you'll see the teams that you play at the Youth Worlds, you'll see their names coming up again and again. So I played in my pool at Youth Worlds that I played with Will Hoey. Um, we had Brill, who is currently playing World Championships. He's ranked. He's a top. I think he's ever. I think he's top three. Top three, maybe in the world of the uh, Fijalic. So he was in our pool. 
who went, he also ended up winning that tournament. And the other team we had was an Austrian team. One of them was Martin Emmercora, who also is a world tour guy. World tour. I don't. I don't know how he's ranks right now, but he's a main draw-ish player. <laughs> Pretty high up, I think. And then the other team, another team we played. Uh, we played a U.S. team, but I don't think. I think they got married instead. Settled down. He's got a real job. <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. Different life choices. Yeah, different, they made that. different life choices. So, Although, yeah. It's funny that you say that because Sergey and I also played Ermkora and Brill yeah. at RU21 Worlds as well, and Brill won that tournament too. Yeah. Poland seems to take Youth Worlds really seriously. I think even in your year, were you Cantor Losiak here? Every Worlds I played Cantor Losiak won. <laughs> nice. Nice. I went to three and they won all of them. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty dominant. Anyone else like that you didn't play against that was just in the tournament that you got to? I played the other. I was just thinking about US players. I also played TJ DeFalco. Nice. But he yeah. was now uh, indoor, guy. indoor, like big time guy playing in. I think he was NCAA Player games. of the Year this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I always thought was a little. He's deceptively taller. Maybe he was shorter. When he's I what six, six four, six five. He's yeah, just skinny guy. But he has highlights on FIVB yeah. volleyball. Like he's <laughs> so. That's two guys of a win off. Who else did you say had a win off of TJ Defalco? Jake. Yeah. The real deal, McNeil. And Andrew Richards beat him in a Norseka qualifier that was for, for Youth Olympics. For right? youth Olympics. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know if we played. That was actually another tournament I played with Jake. Maybe yeah, the Hermosa one. There was a Hermosa yeah, yeah. beach elite performance, whatever. Performance. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we played TJ. I uh, I won't say his name, but for obvious reasons. But there's a USA guy that I played against in one of my international tournaments who ended up playing, who took the indoor route as well. And uh, when I was playing last year overseas, one of the USA guys, I said, oh, how's so-and-so doing? And he goes, he got relieved of his contract because he got caught using steroids. Wow. <laughs> he was, he was juicing. Yeah, he yeah, was juicing. Was. And then, uh, I forget who it was, but I think it was the same guy, was at an AVP, and he was recording. He's actually pretty talented, like cinematographer, videographer, what do you, whatever you have, want to call it. And his caption was, this guy and his partner were playing the McKibben brothers. And I guess, I guess the, they don't really test um, at, AVP. at AVPs. And his caption was, the beards versus the roids. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just lay it out. Yeah, there. just, and there was, there was really no filter. So it's, it's really interesting that the, the, the Europeans have this sort of streamlined development um, at the youth games, but... The Americans, who seem to be really well in the FIVB tour, don't really have uh, a strong presence. I think other than Summer, team. they haven't really been dominant. She won all the way Sarah up. Hughes, Sarah Hughes. Sarah Hughes. Sarah Hughes. Sarah Hughes. Sponsel and uh, Sponsel's killing it right now. Yeah, yeah. they're really yeah. good. Maybe, so I spoke to you, so maybe on the guy's side they're not killing it, but the women has produced yeah. a, a few players at least. Well, I think I think with them, right, all the top talent on the guy's side, just it goes right to indoor. Yeah, you think the so. girls get to play NCAA. They right. Like a right. university pathway. So, and that's during their uh, underage year, like eligibility years. They're like, they're in the NCAA system or like trying to get in, right? So mm-hmm. they're like highly competitive. Yeah. Versus the guys are trying to play indoor. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's jump to that, Liam, because you kind of created your own pathway where you stopped playing indoor <laughs> and you were beach technically full time from about 18U until now, right? Like, do you think those hours really banked and turned you into a world tour player faster than if you would have played court um well 
I'll never know for sure whether. <laughs> you I can mean, speculate. I still, I still have indoor eligibility. So. Hey, that master's degree, it's possible. Yeah, right? Yeah, I have, some, I have some tuition credit. And Liam's joining me at U of T this year. Hey, yeah. Yeah. breaking news. Yes, <laughs> okay. Fire me up. Um, but um, I think it did. It definitely did have a big effect, like being able to play beach for longer or during the university school year. Um, it also had a little bit of an effect on my uh, academics that I was commuting. I was taking the bus from Hamilton to Downsview Park a few times a week. So that's like two plus hours each, each way. way. Yeah. Yikes. But I had to figure out a good system. I would nap on the way there. And then on the way back, I'd like, do, like there's no distractions on the go bus. Because like, towards <laughs> on it. We take the go bus from York to Hamilton. <laughs> to Hamilton. Um, so, <clears throat> it definitely had a big impact on me as a player, but I really enjoyed, like, beach has always been a game that I thought I could be more successful at, and I think I'm more naturally um, attracted to it, and I think I could go, I always thought I could go farther playing on the beach, too, so it's, and it's an awesome sport. Yeah. Well, I think the indoor team should give you a shot to really test that out. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm accepting. Uh... Here, breaking news. Well, you see how high he jumps on the side. Glenn Hogue, you got, you, got, you got another left side on the table I can, here. I can run eight meters in the sand really fast. Yeah. Can confirm. Back and forth. <laughs> can confirm. You're so fast, and there'd be five people around you. would be like, there's too many people on this court right now. I can't <laughs> deal with this. I don't want to. Yeah. You know what, Blair? Time to push over. I'm taking the whole court. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, Liam's been testing Nine Man a little bit this summer, hey? Hey! Uh, yeah, I went to... So, I have a little bit of Chinese blood in me. Actually, half Chinese blood. And I was invited to... I've been invited a couple times to Nine Man. I don't know if... Maybe Josh... Actually, Josh is a former Nine Man coach. Maybe he can give a quick overview of what Nine Man even is. Well, I think well, the best thing to do would be check out our previous episode with Wesley Oh, Klong, right. There's, already a, special, there's already a Nine Man Basically, episode. nine people on the court. It's a meter bigger on each side. Uh, all specialization. So if you're left side, you play left side the whole game. You don't rotate. None of that. Um, some of the ball handling rules different, but go to the Wesley's episode to get the full definition. But I think, Liam, you would do quite well. The block can't penetrate, so yeah. you'd be hitting against just a triple or quad block the whole game. But now, yeah. is that either uplifting his attacking or downplaying his blocking? <laughs> yeah, I think someone just made up, like, same with, like, Ozzy Rules football. I just think someone just decided to make up some rules. Like, they just sort of, like, yeah, I think we don't want to penetrate. We're going to just, like, give the setters an extra throw into the net and <laughs> ball. You're like right. on the low net too, right? It's and it's a little bit lower, yeah. It's closer well, to Chris, 60 points. Well, Chris, actually, you find out on our episode that we just recorded. I'm glad that you guys both listened to it, yes. downloaded it. <laughs> yes. We have to talk about this. Yes, sorry. Let's yeah, we'll, not go we'll, into yeah, the we'll, details. We'll, it, it's lower than men's, but I think it's touch higher than 16 boys. So probably around. <laughs> <laughs> well, 16 boys is the jump to men's height afterwards. Yeah, no, so that's true. That's it's the not 235. It's probably like 240. And what's men's height? 243. So it, it, it touched lower. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, Liam games. would be dominant. I think Ray Zito's probably the best indoor player who's like at a, at a high level who transferred to nine man that at least I've seen. But oh, I think oh, Liam, Steve Kong. Uh, Steve Kong was very good. I, Ray was just so much better than everybody else. Steve Kong is a closer and has won a lot of championships. Ray was just like wasn't even fair as what it looked like watching this guy play nine man. It was just un, unstoppable. Like a, I feel like every kid who plays nine man grows up. Oh, Ray Zito. 
Yeah. You know what's funny is I lived with him and I have the same ugh. <laughs> 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 Intimately. Yeah. yeah. I can share that sentiment. I'm disappointed this year. Like obviously he's out playing in the California league, but you know, I was hoping to be able to play with him in the one level league because he was on the team that I'm on and that would have been cool to play alongside. The Razor being a nine man legend. Yeah. Nine man legend. So what do you think of the level of one volleyball this summer? There you being a first overall pick, I mean you added to the, the league. Felipe's playing this year. There's mm-hmm. some other guys like Jorn who's still around from like year one. Yeah. Um, like how are you enjoying the level? Yeah, so I just went into it, you know, open mind. I hadn't heard much about it. I kinda watched a bit last year, but you know, tried out, went to went to the, the draft, got picked and I love it, you know. Playing uh OUA, you're playing with a lot of younger crowd, good volleyball players, but just just to play with the guys who are way more experienced, um, these older guys, ex-pro players, ex-national team players, and everyone's has such a high volleyball IQ. Not everyone continues to play, so some guys are a little out of shape. But like, it's it's high level volleyball. Man. Would you mind telling us who you think is out of shape? <laughs> <laughs> and who's not? And who's not? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that's no, fair. It's no, it, uh, Dallas, it's a, have you been to a one volleyball game? I went to the first one. And can you? Who was out of shape? I think actually, I think Coach Aaron Nussbaum was pretty <laughs> out of shape. Coach Aaron, I guy? saw Aaron behind the bench. I go, oof. It looks you mean like, tough guy Aaron Nussbaum? Ah, I mean uh, doesn't want to do cardio, Aaron Nussbaum. I don't like, mean out of shape like they're just like letting themselves go. I just mean they haven't, you know, played a lot of volleyball recently. <laughs> no, I mean volleyball out of shape, <laughs> let themselves go. Aaron, you look like shit. A friend of the show, Aaron. <laughs> the show, Aaron it's good, and this year they have a new, uh, a new, I guess, format where the winners of the Toronto League get to fly out to Edmonton and play the winners of the Calgary League. And since playoffs are in the next couple weeks, um, my team's going into them first place, and hopefully we win. Because one, a free trip to Edmonton is really cool because get to go see everyone that you know lived with for three years, and two, get to play against the the winners of the Calgary League in front of. The fans that will be at the Edmonton FIV because I think that's kind of a showcasing that John May is putting on. So that should be a good event. Definitely. Um, before we move on from one, Dallas kind of sewered the league there with who's out of shape. Is there any player <laughs> that you've been impressed with now that you've seen them live or played with or played against? Like now seeing yeah. Eric Matson every week or somebody of that no, color? No, definitely. Or? You know, I've being an Alberta guy myself and Eric, I've heard about how good he was, but playing alongside this guy, it's like there's never. A doubt which ball is going to be passed, or you know, no matter who's hitting it, this guy's sacrificing his whole body, no fear to, to dig the ball, and that's a really cool thing to play next to. And then another guy that I've you know didn't even really know much about is LP Mainville. He's I have no idea how old he is, but he's dominating the league, and he's so athletic and so crisp, and his form is so great that it's just you know learning from him every day in practice and getting to play alongside him is really really special. Deceptive with gray hair. I don't. He could be. He could be thirty. He could be fifty. Can we get the intern to? Can we get the intern? Yeah, to, Jim, uh, Jim, the intern. Check. Intern, 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 intern Jim. We'll have to do. Uh, we'll have to do a quick little uh, research on that. No, we talked about this with Aaron, uh, Josh. The one volleyball league is good. It's a good platform as you can get to showcase talent here, and it got you know Joey Jarvis onto the exactly, indoor national exactly, team exactly. and. Joe and Jack, you're doing great things. So, you know, joking aside, um, we want them to really succeed. And it's really nice to hear that it's obviously, it's it's serving you well in your preparation for, yeah. for UT and for whatever you decide to do next year or following that, with, yeah. whether it's pro or whether it's beach. Or it, uh, it's, it's good to see them grow. 
it's not there yet, but if it could get to a point where it's a pathway to go from one level, let's say, to a pro contract, that would be pretty amazing, right? You know what? I got the Serie A contract. I got this one volleyball contract. <laughs> no, not yeah, one, but not, it, they don't compete, though. It's, it's different no, seasons, right? You could argue it's like the certain, CFL and the NFL, really. Certain players have used the video from one volleyball sure. and at least got an offer. Like, I think Stefan Ristic and, and Patrick Stolzikowski are two guys that, yeah. without Throw the one volleyball league, it didn't really confirm how good they were because right, of the, right. the tape they had in the OUA, but as soon as you see them play in one volleyball, then they kind of launch... I think Uchenna would be in the same boat where it's kind of like, yeah, we know he's good, but does a European guy really know how good Ryerson was at that time? So kind of confirms for the agent that these guys can play. And then I think it helps just confirm that we knew Steve Hunt was legit. Jory was really, really good. Ray's really good. Like those guys have moved on. But with the one league, I think that really helped confirm that I think locally we knew they were good. Now the Americans are picking up on it or European scouts are picking up on it. Shout out to friend of the show, Jory Mantha. I didn't know this until I did it. Jory Mantha. Jory Mantha. Or Maury Jantha. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Mori Jantha was a top five scorer in CEV from the Slovenian league. I actually heard that as well. Yeah. I almost just want to wear a Team Canada shirt and walk around the streets of Ljubljana to see if I get recognized by your super fan. <laughs> 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 I, I, I watch that podcast. <laughs> or listen. I don't actually yeah, watch podcasts. No, I, show me how you wouldn't watch a podcast. <laughs> well, I watch the little you know, voice thing. Oh. Look at the picture. <laughs> No. My mom watches every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom. I'm still trying to convince my mom. Thanks, mom. I'm trying to tell what channel my mom thinks our podcast. So. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, so let's talk a little about this uh, event coming up in Montreal. What prompted the sort of the partner switch, and, and what are you looking forward to most about uh, playing with Mike? Uh, You've played with Mike before, right? I have actually yeah. one of yeah. Me and Mike played a Norseka trials that ended up being for zero Norseka trials. <laughs> <laughs> we qualified, we came second, but we did very well. Bucks. Yeah, we paid yeah. money to go play other Canadian national team members for, nothing. for the chance to go nowhere. Um, I did, you know I did that for years. <laughs> it sounds like a familiar yeah. story, right? You know what, you preach in the choir over here. <laughs> so... Yeah, and we actually um, did very well. We beat some good teams. Um, we played my other. So at the time, me and Will were playing together. But Will got the tap on the shoulder from Grant O'Gorman, rising star, to play in a, a, a like a demo tournament. I guess to like test tournament to see how they would do and try out. Yeah, so, and Grant was playing with Mike at the time, so we did the little swap. So I played with Mike and Will played with Grant, and me and Wit, uh, me and Mike won. So Will failed the test. <laughs> I guess. Well, yeah. seeing Will, as Will is not playing big time. <laughs> seeing as Will and Grant are not currently playing together, I guess the writing's on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we also played Aaron and Snake, I believe, too, in that tournament, and we won. Team Cat Shorts. Team Cat Guy, yeah. And then we lost to Jake and Gabe in the final. But it was actually, I had a really good time playing with Mike. He's very, like, supportive partner, very, very consistent. Like, he's very disciplined in the way he plays. And he's gotten a lot better even since then. So uh, I'm excited to play with him. He's recently qualified for the Pan Am Games. Recently, Where did you recently hear that? Been a dad. <laughs> oh, I recently heard, like, there was this podcast that I heard that broke the story oh. for me. That, ooh, ooh. <laughs> 
couple quality guys, or Josh Nickel and <laughs> <laughs> featuring, <laughs> yeah, some jabroni. Uh, and <laughs> so yeah, recent dad also. Yeah, he's gone through a lot of life changes since last time we played, but I mean, still Mike Plantinga, and uh, it should be good this weekend. So, have you played in Quebec, Chris? Yeah, I think Sergey and I played. I played once at Boucherville. So tell me about in Dallas. You can hop in on this too. Tell me about the the adult scene in Quebec because Simone told oh, me yeah. today. 38 men's teams are signed up for this tournament. Like, that yeah, is huge. I can't remember it. the last time, as an OBA former staff person, we had 30 teams registered for a tournament. To, there's got to be. You said when originally uh, when you started working at the OBA. In around 2009 or like, 10, there was three tiers. Yeah. Like, that's that's a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, of Quebec teams? Three tiers? In, in no, the OBA, we used to have a double-A single elite. elite. Yeah, elite double-A single A. So that's got to be close to, like, 20, 30. Right? The, the present day, it hasn't been very close. Like, maybe during Grand Slam, there's sometimes two tiers if, like, there's enough yeah. elite teams what's to... The, so the culture, what's the money for this one? Is it... Um, they're paying... I think it's two and a half. I can't. It was going to be dependent a little on registrations because some of the registration yeah, money yeah. was going to go in. But I think right now it's at at least two and a half grand. If it was anything like Boucherville, it was the most ridiculous prize money setup ever. First place got like two grand. Second place got two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> because they promised because they promoted it as two thousand for first yeah. prize, and then <laughs> I think I, I got second in Boucherville last year, and I think we split seven fifty. And I think first place was like. I think Right, two thousand. Like yeah, it was yeah. a huge difference, and then third place was like fifty bucks and a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. Speaking of Boucherville, I have a funny story. So there's some like <laughs> there's some characters out there in the, in the Quebec circuit. So the one team we were playing, uh, a couple older guys. This guy hit like a uh, like a you know, Sergey peeled off the net. This guy had a shot at Sergey, and he dug it with his hands. And the ref called him on hands, and Sergey was arguing that oh no, it was hard driven. And the guy says. If that was hard driven, I would have broke your fingers. <laughs> Dead serious. You're letting them know. Didn't you make yeah. friends in Quebec skyballing Dallas? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So, friend of the show. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's such a ridiculous story. I heard about this, too. Oh, um, yeah. So, Sarah Bedard. Sarah Jean. Sarah Jean. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Friend of the show. Um, whose dad is actually hosting the tournament? Yeah, whose dad is a promoter of the tournament is walking by, and as as great as the volleyball community is in Quebec, it's not exactly as um, we'll say consistent as it is with Ontario, just because Ontario is the national team, as even Vancouver, like there's a pretty high level. In Quebec, for as you know, um, diligent as they are to promote the sport, the, the level drops off about the first or second team. So we're playing a team that's sort of not really at our level. Sarah walks over to me and says, hey, Dallas, you should sky bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, this is like Vancouver where they want you to do it. And, and they Sarah, cheer, and they, they, cheer and they boo you if you don't sky bowl. <laughs> so Sarah walks over and says, Dallas, I think you should sky bowl. And I go, I'm in Quebec. Someone from Quebec told me to sky bowl. I should. So I skyball and I rocket this thing really, really high, and it goes in. We play with the point, and we win. And immediately after, I go to shake this guy's hand, and he just <laughs> slaps my hand away from me, and he goes, "Hey, you do not play the game right!" And he starts yelling at me, and like in front of 
everybody like, no nah, man, you disrespecting the game. And you, don't, <laughs> you don't know how to play. Don't you ever do that to me again. And I'm like, Sarah, what did you do? <laughs> and she turns to me and goes, I didn't know. I said, I and, I, and I'm like, Sarah, how, if you didn't know, what the hell am I supposed to do? Now you're famous for that there because I lined up for a sky ball with Sergey and then the, I think the I guy looked at me to do it. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> so I remember, I've heard both of these stories as well, and I think it's a generational gap because last weekend when me and Gabe were at Game Point and Simone Fecto Boutin, the, the Quebec legend, yelled at Gabe to Skyball, and he did, it was, it was all good. So just the old guys. Just, <laughs> it might just be me, too. <laughs> it might be Dallas yeah, problem. It might or be the Dallas Keith effect. <laughs> Or this is what the locals tell all the Ontario people to do, and it's kind of hit or miss what happens yeah. after. Yeah, but you know if Simone's telling you to do it, it's probably fun. <laughs> yeah, he's a big teddy bear. Yeah. You yeah. Think, yeah, you think the same thing with Sarah Jean until there's some guy screaming in your yeah. face how disrespectful yeah. you are. Do you think she knew that like, she was setting you up? No, because I went up to her after and I said, <laughs> I, I literally went up there and said, Sarah, what the hell? Maybe she was trying to scam. Maybe she was trying to screw you. Yeah, maybe. And I was <laughs> uh, Well done, Sarah Jean. Well done. Well played. Made me look stupid. <laughs> Not that I needed a whole lot of help. Well, the original question was, what is going on in Quebec with all these adults playing? So, what? Did, yeah. as, as Ontario guys who kind of see our level shrinking as far as total teams, what's yeah. Quebec doing well to recruit teams? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things. There's a few like very passionate people. The people organizing the tournaments are super invested in like promoting the sport and they like really love the sport of volleyball so I think they they work very hard to try and convince teams to come teams to sign up the other thing is at least with this tournament coming up the registration fee is a lot lower I think than other than maybe big OVA tournaments it's only a hundred bucks yeah it's not bad hundred dollars a team hundred dollars a team well, that's oh outside of yeah past the like you have to register for volleyball Quebec and like volleyball Canada, but that that you have to do that in order. and getting all the Quebec teams, they've already paid that, fee, right. right? So it's yeah. only so it's fifty cheaper. bucks a pop, and they're offering. They're doing some really interesting things. I was looking at their website. They're also offering a prize to the highest finishing team under twenty one or like under twenty to like the highest get, jump and seed. No, the, not like the highest age, jump, just the highest was? finish. Yeah. So anyone who's below the age. Whoever finishes the highest out of those teams gets, oh, get like, like eighteen year because they don't want to go and just get smashed by like all the adult teams. Right. From so Ontario, are there any young guys that you saw signed up? Roland and Mitchell are going. They're not, they're not, they're they're not, not under. Guys. They're not under twenty. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a hot take in here and sort of oh, field the, the okay. question you were asking before. The reason that I think volleyball is so popular and passionate in Quebec and I'll say Saskatchewan and uh, BC, is I think the level of competition is very similar in these provinces. Obviously, I think... Similar to what? Within the, so I think the level within... Each, within the province. Within like the province. competitive Exactly. Each other. So I think, to be honest with you, outside of Ontario, the best province would be BC. They have a really strong sort of elite culture with the... Van open, but within each other, they're all around. But the same it, right, so I think it's very good, and I think one of the to a fault having the national team centralized in Ontario has sort of taken away from the culture of volleyball in the OVA in the sense mm -hmm. that people don't want to sign up when they know they're just they're, they're going to get killed, get right? Smashed. And the OVA has sort of turned into a practice ground for the national team 
But how many national team guys on a regular basis play OVA? We play the Grand Slams, the Provincials and Nationals. That's a good point. The, the, the adult open tournaments. But I, I think, think that's the, the precedent's sort of though. been set, right? Like, who... Average Joe guy isn't coming in from the Ashbridge's Bay Beach Volleyball League and registering for an OVA That's event. The other where thing, ten years ago you were having single A, double A, no, triple A. I, I think it's opposite because back when we were younger, we'd look at the adult tournaments and we'd register for them, and all the national team would be in it, right? Like all these great guys would be in these tournaments, but now, like, not many national team guys play. These well, I think there, there's two layers to it where I, I totally agree with you. The outcome needs to be in doubt for volleyball to be. If you know you're going to get beat, you don't want to go. Yeah. Um, previous national team head coach Leonard would make the players, if they weren't traveling, play in the OVA tournament. So that's why they it's were requirement. Yeah. Um, where, where, at least in my experience, the OVA ran into trouble where the weekend warrior who played maybe the first two tournaments in June and then wanted to play in the Grand Slam, all the national team players would show up to the Grand Slam. So why would they play each other for the $100, $200 prize money? And then lose the big prize money tournaments to like the the people who only show up once. So it kind of Sam a- affected the culture where maybe Sam Pedlow and Graham would come to <laughs> they would come to the OVA Grand Slam maybe one other and win provincials. Where the adult weekend warrior who played in four or five tournaments, they're like, well, I'm the one paying for all these events, and I'm getting slapped by these these ringers who just show up. Right? I think that affected the culture yep. too. Where at least at like a Cliver in Vancouver, there's enough tiers where you play meaningful matches again, and even like. Jim Clyde does a great job where I think even t- tier three plays for money. Yeah. So there, there's yeah. enough, like, something on the line to play there's for. There's competitive and games and there's motivation to play. There just has to be money. Like, no, I don't think so. I think there needs to be motivation to, to play. There has to think, be. Yeah. I think it's really hard. I think it's tough to win a game 21-5, and I think it's even tougher to lose a game 21 Right, but if, yeah. if the national team guys play each other every day anyways, why would they go on the weekend and just do the same thing but pay to do it? They would if there's money. Yeah. If there was money involved, because I look at these BC tournaments, even if it's like five hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, whatever, it's just in just that little bit that's enough to I make think, them come I out. I think we got to do a survey. Hey, you playing for money? You playing for meaningful matches? You heard it here first. CM <laughs> Cops wants to know. We'll get our intern to create a survey, <laughs> or you can create a survey. What happens faster if you create the survey? <laughs> every tournament, every tournament, there's money. These guys, everyone goes up, right? Like, you yeah. Know. I like the Cliver model where Seymour, again, if I, I can plug more previous episodes, he talked about where he's paid his $50 registration and he's never won a Cliver, but he's probably drank enough beer to make up for all his registrations. Yeah. <laughs> because the culture is you win a tournament, will you buy the first See, round? Right, right. One guy definitely not playing for the money. Like he, Regardless the of culture, what the right? prize money is. And yeah. I think the other thing now, uh, Toronto and Nashville's Bay is unique because they have massive, massive amounts of courts, like yeah, way more than everywhere right? else. So all those maybe weekend warriors are playing the leagues maybe because the leagues are huge, right? That's there's so factor, many yeah. you can play and then you can play and have fun because that's the like people want to have fun, right? People want to at the end of the day are paying because they want a good experience, right? Yeah, we need to get to a point, and it's difficult in Tron because Ashford just isn't really walking distance for most people. In in kits, like every night after work, you have this massive group of athletes that are playing Kings Court, playing you know matches every single night. Well, it's not at, just the night, like they're playing all the time. Right, all the time. But at Ashbridge it's tough because at night times all the leagues going on and there isn't you know, the national team and whatever trains during the day in the mornings. But you don't you don't have that people that drop in mentality of let's just play volleyball because we love volleyball. And like that's way different I think when you go to Vancouver you see that every single day. Yeah. So anyway, Quebec people <laughs> um 
yeah, I think I think there's just a lot of people who are like passionately against skyballs. That they all group together yeah. and sign up for a tournament. I've been run out of Quebec. So Dallas, are you never playing again or just not training full time? Uh I don't like if I asked you, hey Dallas, do you wanna play this weekend in Quebec? I would probably play. If well, you asked, I think you got a shot. If, yeah. if, if I knew, if I was going to play with someone that I would like to play with, yeah, like if one of you guys were like, hey, let's go and have fun, I would be like, yeah, like I'm pretty sure we would go, like, and this is 100% my ego talking, but I'm pretty sure we would go there and win. But, like, if, if we were to register for an OVA tournament, I would play, because I think it would give me enough that what I needed, like, winning and... That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. right? But I should like, just register for one of the leagues, maybe. Nah, but I think it's the caliber, too, right? Like, I, I want to... meaningful... We're going back to the we're same going back to like, the league. league. You want right. to play in the Monday Night Ashbridge's League? No. Yeah. No. And then all five Dallas just said no to the Monday Night League. Dallas is a bike on six. You heard it here first. Dallas... play with Garrett May. You guys play together. We'll get. We'll sack the Monday Night League. You know what? If Josh Nickel and I were to introduce a Pass and Dimes team into the Monday Night League, I would totally play that. And Bintern would have to play that. so terrible, but have so much fun if you guys roll around. I think a lot has to do with the people you're playing with um but yeah experience experience i think for me at this point i've done it for such a long time that i i wanted to move on to something else mm-hmm. um so i don't really have that desire and i think i found that last year where i was coming into practice already looking forward to the end of practice yeah. and like i the best part for me was like i loved the training aspect in terms of like working out and stuff and i do that now like i'm still pretty regimented in working out but I would come into the beach and be... Swolder. Uh, Swolder. Yeah. <laughs> it was you, Aaron, and Batty just walking around shirts yeah. off the whole yeah, time. Yeah, when I had walked to the gym and saw Aaron, Batty, Sam, Pedlo, and Dallas, I'm like, whoa. I don't belong here. That's going on Instagram. A big, sure. That's a good sound. That's a good sound. <laughs> big unit. Big unit alert. Big unit alert. <laughs> Yeah, we're, he's we're, not we're, talking about our muscles, ladies. We're the opposite. We've, <laughs> Liam and I have been referred to as Team Twig, so we don't really fit that category. Can you mention yeah. who gave you that title? Uh, Andrew the Coker. one and only. The one and only Andrew Coker. Andrew yeah. Coker is packing on a lot of positive weight. Like, he's, uh, what did he tell you? He's 205? He's heavier than me right now. You call him a little heavy. I think he's just gotten bigger. No, he's, so he told me he's put on 40 pounds in the last two months. Wow. He's working out twice a day. Power so that means... Day. If your goal is to get big, like that's he wants to be he goal. wants to be two twenty five. Because I think he was one sixty five. Yeah, one seventy. Really? And six three one seventy. Yeah, Holy he was one seventy. And I had to reel him in. That's too big. He's captain. He's captain. Self loathing team twig. <laughs> uh, he told me he wants to get to two seventy, but I told him that's a little more. Two seventy. Yeah. And I said, typical Andrew Coker fashion, you take something and you push it to the absolute edge until you get bored with it, and then you move on to something else. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. We, we even got that name. We also, what else? Another funny story is we were playing San Pedro in Vancouver Open. This is our first, first Vancouver Open, right? This is my yep. first, like, big tournament with Liam. And, uh... I don't know if he got a big block or like a big kill on us. <laughs> he he turn he flexes at us, flexes to the crowd and says, 
Welcome to Biceps Columbia, boys. <laughs> I think we have to unfollow Sam <laughs> Biceps yeah. Columbia. BC. Yeah, BC. BC. We're in BC. Biceps Columbia. That's pretty funny. I'll give them that. That's terrible. Terrible. Hey. That's all I can say with that. Pretty clever. Rainmaker. I don't think that's clever at all. I think that's a very Sam Pedler move. Sam Pedler's clever, though. How did that. You guys know how they've done so far? They're what? They play tomorrow. They play Latvia whenever we're filming this. They play Latvia soon. Uh, They have a chance to win their pool. (laughs) Tomorrow. I think we'll have to edit that one out. They play Latvia in a few days or a few months. I don't know. Yeah, we're we actually in 2016 right now. <laughs> <laughs> we only have one Canadian team out. Everyone else is still. Yeah. We're doing yes. all right. Yes. yes. Doing all right. We're doing big well. friend of the show, Grant O'Gorman, with a big pool win. Pool win. So when you say yes. friends of the show, do they tell you that they're friends of the show, or are you just assuming? We nominate <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> Dallas hopes that they're friends. No, we have. No, we have. As previously, well, you guys are tipping your hand a little bit here. You're showing us that you haven't listened to... A lot of our episodes. Yeah, super friend of the show. Super best friend of the show. And you know what? I'm going to use this opportunity to plug super best friend of the show, Ben Saxon, right now because we do every episode. He's killing it. But also, we also have an extensive enemy list that we like to keep uh, under our hats. We're making our way on there. No. (laughs) You wouldn't be here if you were on that list. Trust me, the people that know, they know. Because you would never introduce... Enemy of the show. Enemy of the show. Super. <laughs> and then we have super enemy of the show. <laughs> Episode 17, Grudge Week with Liam and Chris. Doesn't that mean, like, you, you have to be popular enough if you make enemies? Like, doesn't that mean you've made it? That's like, the nicest haters, thing you've right? ever said to us. Or, or, or quite shallow when yeah. we have enemies. Like, or you, quite petty. You solely have like enemies. You don't have friends. any real enemies. <laughs> oh, no, we have an extensive list. It's like Billy Madison. We have a list. Yeah. We have a list. You know who you are. <laughs> Billy Madison. We usually like to close these with some some good old road stories, and with you guys being at you know Youth World, some Narcicas, the World Tour, you, you got to have something for our audience here. Let's tee it up. Okay. Well, first one. So <laughs> I have a lot of interesting stories about being in Asia and China in general, and the first one comes from my very first senior FIVB tournament that I played with Sergey. We just finished our match. We played in China, and the Chinese fans are pretty. Like, they, like, they, like, they're, like, really into volleyball. Like, they, like, signing, like, getting people to sign things, like, sign their hats, sign their shirts, sign their face, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've never signed a face. <laughs> I haven't signed a face. I've signed a shoe. I've never you know, signed you made it one, you signed a face. Yeah, I've signed phone, ca- like, phone cases. Like, that's going to rub off. It's like, a big deal. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, so, I come up, these girls come up to me and Sergey after. So, they look at Sergey and, like, Oh, you're so handsome. <laughs> and then they turn to me, Oh, you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, you want the signature? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was my hey, how you doing from the FMB World Tour. Big time by Sergey. Yeah, Sergey. Yeah, big yeah. time by a bunch of little lady yeah, girls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now. Now that I've grown like ten more facial hairs since then, yeah. um, the most you can't recent, wait to go back. No, I have been back at this time. I got the most recent time I was in China. I got so one of the tournament coordinators knocked on my door. Um, she was looking for like the Canadian team, and so she knocks on the door, and I open the door, and she's like, "Oh, 
you have an Asian face. <laughs> I'm like, what do, you, what do you say to that? Like, yeah, like, why are you not? Only half. Yeah. <laughs> Only half. And like, do you have something that, like, do you need me for anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're very good looking. You're so handsome. Like, <laughs> so I, I did eventually. Now I get the handsome too. I don't get that you're so young anymore. And apparently I got a discount on the cab ride home. Because from, you were eight. Because, oh. He so gave you this for this price because you are so handsome. Oh, boy. <laughs> and they made me pay more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're a little confused, I think. Can't complain about being handsome. Yeah, I can't complain. I can't, <laughs> I'm not complaining, but I think they don't get to see a lot of people that look like me, so they're like, they like just speak their thoughts loud in China, like, they're very, like, open, like, they'll just come up to your face and tell you what they're thinking, so. Because you're pretty tall, and then you got the, tall. the red, the red, right? You have I have a little bit of red in my beard, but I have, like, small eyes, I'm slim, I don't have black hair, see, I think that's the biggest tip-off, is that. They can tell that you have. They can tell that I'm not quite like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something like, in that gene Yeah, pool. I know there's something off, there's something off of you. <laughs> Same thing with, like, the flight attendants. I think they're not sure whether to, like, on the Chinese flights, whether to, like, talk to me in Chinese or not. So, like, they're, like, sometimes they go for it. Sometimes they don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, <ni hao. laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Can you speak? I can't speak. So, the thing is, my, my mom was born, well, my mom was born in the States, actually, in Maryland. So, she... She did Chinese school. She grew, I think China, she, her first language was Chinese, but she didn't get to, like, she can't speak it right now. So I didn't, I don't have a parent that speaks. Right. But you do have a Chinese, Chinese name. I do have a Chinese middle name, yeah. Would you like to share? <laughs> Chris can, Chris can tell you. So Liam's Chinese middle name. Well, there's always, every once in a while people go with the, like, Oh, I'll guess your middle name. Like, I'll give me the first letter. I'll guess your middle name, and I say like, no, like, don't, don't do that. Don't, like, please, please don't. don't. That's <laughs> please don't. I'm like, no, I'm really good. Like, I want to try. I'm like, no, you never, ever. So yeah, Liam's like Chinese name is Rick Shung Hui, and it's really interesting. When I heard that, I was like, wow, like that's you know pretty long. But yeah, Rick Shung Hui. Yeah. Fun fact. You can totally play Nine Man. Just bring your birth certificate yeah. after that evidence. Or have that Rick Shark Louie? Yeah. 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 You really stick the landing with cop, eh? Yeah, cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the funny thing is, yeah, my visibly minority mom, who's Chinese, speaks like perfect unaccented English, and my very Caucasian red-headed dad, Czech, Czech Czechian, Speaks uh, fluent Mandarin. Speaks, <laughs> <laughs> speaks heavily accented English. And funny story though, actually though, um, before I was born, back when China was never visited by the Western world really, my parents took a trip to China and they took a few Mandarin lessons before they went. And my dad, because he grew up speaking a bunch of different languages, Russian, German, Czech, Slovak, he picked up Mandarin a little better than my mom, who was visibly Chinese. <laughs> so when they went to China, first of all, all of them would try and pet my dad's arm hair. Because <laughs> they've never seen someone like that. And he had red hair too. 
that was funny. And the second thing was they go up to my mom trying to speak to, to her in Chinese, but she couldn't understand. And then my white dad would speak to them in Mandarin, and they were like, Shell shocked. <laughs> what, what is this white devil doing? He speaks our language? What, what is going on? That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Like when you go there, they just, you know. Yeah, like times have changed now with social media. Like they know that white people exist now. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. still different, especially for volleyball when these, like all the volleyball world is way taller than the average. World, world. average yeah. Asian world so like you get a ton of weird looks and when I when I was playing Asian most of the time I was playing with Will Hoey who's 6'11 so even in even in Canada he gets interesting looks so let alone yeah. walk around in Asia and I thought it was just him that people would like we'd walk through like in Manila and Philippines we'd walk through the mall and everyone would like be turning their heads they'd be like Giggling and like laughing oh, and like yeah, I was like, oh, like how many like, times of course like of course seven, it's Will like yeah exactly no one sees that that's what I thought until one time I walked through while the mall alone and like the exact same thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> so it was you. So maybe it was, it was you. Oh, you're so young. <laughs> yeah, 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 but like I've never felt a thing like that. Like it was it was honestly like being bullied, like because everyone is in on this joke because they're all looking at you. And giggling and laughing, and they're walking like you're walking down. And they they all look, give you a good big long look as you walk by, and then they giggle with their friends. And it's like, I want to know, like, tell me what the What's joke the is. Funny? <laughs> <laughs> so, I like jokes. Like, tell me the joke. <laughs> it's being bullied. It's like straight up being bullied. That's great. Right. Yeah, it was definitely an experience. Well, I think that does it for episode seventeen. Sweet. Thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. Can't thank you enough that, uh, you know, it's Bring a Friend Day, but we, we got two good ones now. This is awesome. It's yeah. Bring, bring your friend to work day. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> why so I came up here. We just couldn't choose, <laughs> you know. We, we, we couldn't choose who the best beach player was, so we just brought both of them on the show. Right. Now we, were, we were partners today, so maybe it's like a partnership episode. Did you guys win a lot of drills today? Yeah. 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 Dominated practice. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So, Liam, good luck in Quebec with your soon-to-be... Full time partner, breaking news on passing times. No, it's it's a one and done. Mike's got Pan Am and commitments. He's got a few commitments. Let's plant the seed though. And and Chris, anytime we see you on the beach, it's always a welcome face. Well, I'm playing Quebec as well, so you and Sergey or who? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Sergei, still, hopefully we can beat Liam and Mike. Awesome. Always great seeing you on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully hopefully we see you on the national team sometime soon. But we yeah, you know you got those indoor commitments and you got to finish your education so best of luck with everything you got going on and best of luck with one volleyball hopefully we'll see you in edmonton when yeah, you guys thanks. take it down thank you that's the plan sweet any last thoughts here Dal? yeah actually i was thinking <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast and wanted to listen to other ones you should uh follow us on instagram be sure to download and subscribe to us on podbeam apple music and google play what a closer nine men <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we're gonna end <laughs> thanks right, josh thanks for listening everybody Thank you for listening to the Liam Kopp and Chris Tao Show. We hope our Canadian friends had a great Canada Day and that our American friends enjoyed their 4th of July celebrations. We've added to our already great episode database lately with Brandy Wilkinson and Wesley Kwong, or Liam's favorite player, Aaron Oswam. If you're enjoying the episodes with double guests, please check out Sean Furneaux and Dave Cousins, Anna Dinswen and Roland Bouchard, or Seymour and Jody Z. 
Leave a five-star review until Dallas's appeal for a six-star goes through and keep those comments coming. Stay excellent, folks.